keeping you from being the best you can be. Whatever the issue, you can clear that obstacle and come out swinging. Welcome to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. On today's show, we will feature guest experts who can bring you the tools and ideas that you need to take the next step to your personal success. Now, here is Dr. Linda Sanicola. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Today, my guest is Ben Decker. Let me tell you a little bit about Ben. He is the spiritual director and meditation facilitator of Full Circle Venice in Venice, California. He is an event producer, an activist, and philanthropist. He is the director of partnerships for the humanitarian aid organization, generosity.org, and was the director of outreach for the anti-human trafficking organization, Unlikely Heroes. He was honored with the Unlikely Heroes Legacy Award in October of 2012. Ben's events have supported many other organizations as well, including Children of the Night, the Thirst Project, the American Red Cross, Falling Whistles, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, Cancer Smancer, Echo Media Compass, SPCLA, Benson Breast Cancer Foundation, and others. He is a proud member of Greenpeace, as well as being an activist in his own right for numerous passion projects pertaining to world peace, human and animal rights, GMO labeling, political activism, and others. Ben is passionate about peacemaking, inner healing, and culture shifting. Welcome, Ben. Hey there, Linda. That was uh, that was everything about me. That wasn't a little bit about me. <laughs> well, if there's more, I don't know. I don't know how you'd have any time for any more. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely staying busy. That's for sure. Yeah, it sure sounds like it. Um, so, tell me, uh, Ben, a little bit about your background. How'd you get where you are today? Well, you know, I think um, it, it's kind of interesting because. W- I, you know, as myself, just like I think a lot of us, I sort of compartmentalize different areas of my life. Um, in, in this area, I was raised this religion, and this was what my, what my spiritual path was. In this area, I, you know, I was raised in this entrepreneur's family, and I was very, um, I was very enterprising from a young age, so I started businesses young. Um, but the, the more I grow and the more I learn, the more I realize all of that is is all connected. It's all been one journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I, you know, when I was a really little kid, I was, first of all, I was meditating in lotus position at age seven. Oh my um, gosh. Mm-hmm. And I was also selling popcorn to the neighbors at age seven. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is a natural blending of things you've always done. Yeah, I've always, you know, I've always been very um, outgoing, very um, interested in other people's lives, interested in other cultures, um, other spiritual paths and things like that. Um, I was raised in a very spiritual household um, where there was a lot of temples and a lot of con- contemplative prayer and a lot of scripture study and singing. And, and that really was um, very special for me. And I really have always had a deep spiritual connection um, to my family and to to the world that we live in, because it you know it was created by this magnificent creator, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and being taught the principles of compassion very very young really got me interested in social um, entrepreneurship, work that contributes to uh, the betterment of the human condition or, or the condition of the world and, mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. So. But at the same time, I was um, still going through my personal journey. You know, I was I was an obnoxious teenager. I was a little rebellious. No. <laughs> yes. yes, believe it or not, an obnoxious teenager. And then I, um, you know, I I was really interested in um, the normal things. You know, I was really interested in music and the entertainment industry, movies and TV. And so at a pretty young age, I, got, I started into acting and, and music, and that ultimately brought me to um, Los Angeles, where I um, got to work in PR. And I, I started very young, got a great job 
um, was, was obviously very successful um, throwing red carpet events for mm-hmm. movie premieres and um, all different kinds of very glamorous, sexy mm-hmm. parties and events, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all the while, I actually did have that tender spirituality to my heart um, mm-hmm. that was always there that um, really just as I was, you know, in my coming of age, I started to realize how important that was to me. And um, throwing all these parties where everyone was getting drunk and, you know, all kinds of other really, all kinds of other things that were happening I, that weren't really resonating to, to my truest self, to my, mm-hmm. to my deeper truth. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I started to pivot. And what that pivot looked like was more time praying, at home and more time mm-hmm. meditating at home mm-hmm. and um, paying attention to what I was eating and just sort of becoming a little bit more aware of the life that I was living. And that really um, redirected my work. And I started to, in that pivot, I kept doing glamorous red carpet events, but now they were all for different charities. <laughs> I see. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I, and I began um, really putting all of that success that I had garnered and aimed it at certain worthy causes that I knew I would be able to improve or energize. Wow. It sounds really powerful. And as you speak about it, there's a certain um, vibrancy that I can hear that I'm sure must permeate your work. Uh, You know, what what one of my teachers, uh, Marianne Williamson, says is, she says, um, anything you do is infused with the consciousness with which you do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, I know you can resonate with that. It's so true. It's, it's just like how you, you have your radio show here. Mm-hmm. You, you take it so, so seriously and you're so aware of, of what you're truly offering and, and what you're creating here. And it, and it completely comes across in how you handle it and, and all the guests you bring on and the topics that you, that you bring up and the questions you ask, you know. Uh-huh. Well, thank you. And, and I, I think certainly that that is my goal. And I, I guess that's perhaps what I'm resonating with as I speak with you, because I hear it in your work, your words as you describe your work as well. And, and you mentioned Marianne Williamson, um, and I know you've worked with her. So can you tell us a little bit about that as well? Uh, yeah, you know, I was, um, you know, she, she is the major popularizer of A Course in Miracles. She's yeah. the number, number one teacher of A Course in Miracles. I think most of the world would have never been introduced to A Course in Miracles if, mm-hmm. if Marianne Williamson hadn't gotten her hands on it. Right. And, right. Um, and the way she has taken her very broad expanse of information and, um, infused it through the teachings of A Course in Miracles, it has brought it to new heights that no one can claim any kind of right towards besides her. Mm -hmm. um, All that being said, I actually have studied A Course in Miracles since I was 13 years old and had never heard of Marianne Williamson. Um, And it was just synchronistically that I, I had studied it sort of on my own, and then I encountered Marianne when she was running for Congress, and I offered my support in PR for that. And that's really, uh, wasn't that fairly recently that she ran for Congress? Uh, yes, just in the last year. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, to me, to hear you say that is pretty amazing because I know you, you have been studying A Course in Miracles for a long, long time. And, yeah, it was, and, I was just not tapped into the community. You know, I, I had no idea there was this whole expansive community that understood this work in such a developed advanced way. Uh-huh. And so where has that taken you now since you've uh you've been working with her? You know, it's been a lot of fun because first of all, I've always been very interested in political activism and so much of what Marianne represents immediately resonated for me. And um I really did everything I could to support her campaign and we had such an excellent excellent time and and made so many excellent connections and it's incredible to see how many lives she was able to touch just through the campaign itself and and I Mm -hmm. was fortunate enough to be a part of that. Right. Um, You know, I think that 
as you say, so many people would not have been introduced to A Course in Miracles had it not been for her. And she's made it something that everybody can connect with and relate to. Because, at least in my experience, it's not an easy study on your own. No, it does require some um, intellectual rigor. That's for sure. Yes. Intellectual rigor and discipline. Yes. Um, Discipline. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I know that you teach it now as well. Uh, Yeah, I do. I've had a Course in Miracles study group for for the last three years um, in in Hollywood, but now um, where you and I are actually studying together, um, I have a monthly class at Soul Center OC the first Sunday of every month. Um, It's actually this Sunday, this next Sunday. Yes. um, We postponed it one for the 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 holiday, yes. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, and I know that um, we're getting ready to take a short break now, and maybe when we come back we can talk in more detail about your experience with uh, A Course in Miracles and some of the, the nuances in that. So Excellent. We will be right back with my guest, Ben Decker. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you happy with your financial life or are you like most people underachieving with your income, working your tail off without the rewards you deserve? Are you going through a boom or bust cycle over and over again, hitting an inner set point? Perhaps you are struggling with the same old issues over and over again. Are your finances a source of peace or stress? Is your money the root of your problems or the path to your freedom and empowerment? If you answered yes to stress and problems, then it's time to ask yourself one more question. What else is possible? Sign up for Dr. Linda Sanicola's six-week Tapping into Wealth Coaching program by visiting drsanicola.com. This program is designed to help you break through your unconscious wealth set points and experience the true freedom, creativity, enthusiasm, and rewards you were meant to have. Get started today at drsanicola.com. That's drsanicola.com. Is the last time you saw sparkles of life in your day. Each day holds a treasure, the extra in the ordinary. It is too easy to miss them because they're familiar and we take them for granted. If you want to add sparkle to your day, listen to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with Dee Lee. She offers a new way to view the world and to discover your own Mighty Gems in daily life. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com are tuned in to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. If you want more information about Dr. Sanicola or our program, please visit drsanicola.com. Again, that's drsanicola.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everybody. We are speaking today with my guest, Ben Decker, and we're just beginning to get into a conversation on A Course in Miracles and your work, Ben, with Marianne Williamson. Um, so, can you tell us more about, like, uh, as, as I think I mentioned, I think uh, studying A Course in Miracles, especially on your own, is a challenge. It's not an easy read, and as you said, it does take some intellectual rigor and discipline. Uh, yeah, the the value of a community in this type of learning is really incredible. There's there's so much that can be um, gained from attempting to practice two people attempting to practice the same format of relationship together. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are studying A Course in Miracles and I am studying A Course in Miracles, we both sort of know what is expected of ourselves and each other for the, for the, in, for the experience of 
a miracle to to be had in a relationship, you know, mm-hmm. to have a miraculous relationship. Um, so it it provides the opportunity to really infuse our physical experience with the experience of these concepts, you know. Mm-hmm. And for for my listeners who aren't really familiar with a Course in Miracles, can you can you give us an example of what that might mean? Well, for example, the the Course in Miracles. Well, a Course in Miracles. Let's just start here. Course in Miracles is um, it's broken up into three parts. It's a textbook, a workbook for students, and a manual for teachers. Um, and it's a little bit different from other things that are textbooks, workbooks, and manuals for teachers because the all three of these volumes are intended to be studied by everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just to give you the perspective and understanding of what someone teaching it and what someone learning it, um, and as well as the intellectual basis of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the principle of a miracle is that miracles occur naturally as expressions of love. Mm-hmm. There's no order of difficulty in miracles, and, um, and they, they're supposed to be constantly occurring. When, when a miracle doesn't occur, something has gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so what a miracle is, is a shift in perception from fear to love. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, in a, in a relationship, that would look like I, I'm really concerned about my validation with you. I'm really concerned about your, your opinion of me. So um, I, I pretend to be something that I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, and you pick up on that you, because all minds are joined, which is another concept that's, that's foundationally introduced in the textbook. Mm-hmm. All minds are joined. So you are subconsciously picking up on the fact that I am um, putting up a front to you. And, and I, so, in in the vernacular, we might say that you catch a vibe. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. You you catch that vibe. You're picking up on that vibe that that I'm not fully showing up to the moment for one reason or another. And we don't always know what that is. Sometimes it triggers us, and it feels like, oh, is this person lying to me? Mm-hmm. Um, is this person hiding something from me? Um, you know, and usually it's it's actually about that person. Usually it's an insecurity based thing. But we but we don't know. All mm-hmm. we're doing is experiencing a disconnect of some kind. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who is studying A Course in Miracles, who's experiencing that disconnect, would say, wow, this person's experiencing fear right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm actually also experiencing fear. I'm, I'm experiencing fear because I think this person might be, might be hiding something from me, or they might be being dishonest or tr- attempting to deceive me in some way. Um, so what... What I would do as a, as a student of A Course in Miracles, I would say, okay, first of all, I have to forgive this person. This experience of disconnect that I have in my heart is unpleasant. It is causing suffering. In order to move from suffering into a peaceful state, I need to forgive this experience, that which is causing this suffering. I need to release okay. it. So I, I like how you said that you need to forgive that which is causing the suffering. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's step one. Whatever the, whatever the disconnect is, whatever the problem is, that's step one. Right. Okay. And well, I think, I think in a way it is step one, but also in another way, the only step is taking that deep breath and allowing the miracle to take place. The Course in Miracles says that all it requires... Um, of you is a little willingness, and then the Holy Spirit takes it from there. Mm-hmm. Just a tiny bit of openness in that willingness. Yes. Because I, I know one of the things that I always uh, ask people when they come in for uh, relationship work, which I, I don't do a lot of most of my work is individual work, but I always ask them, are you willing? And yes. if you're not willing, are you willing to get willing? Because without that willingness, nothing can happen. Right. Right. Exactly. Okay. Cool. And so, so, so then we have we we take that step. Yeah. So the the step of the willingness will actually it actually is the only step. the The step of willingness 
is the decision to move forward into that forward motion where, where that miracle can be performed. Um, willingness, what are you willing? What, are, what kind of willingness are we referring to? The willingness is I'm willing to acknowledge that I am not being attacked right now. I am mm-hmm. willing to recognize that I am completely equal and completely connected to everyone, especially the people that are causing, that I believe to be causing the suffering right now. So you're willing to let go of your immediate perception, your false perception. Right, which is referred to as the ego. Mm-hmm. So the ego perception is um, me versus the world. It's me out here in this big world and I'm separate from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so letting go of that, perceiving what the, what the highest good in any given situation is. Um, some people might say, uh, uh, God, what are you doing in this situation? Where is God in this situation? Um, you know, asking for, asking your inner self, asking the Holy Spirit, whatever, asking what God is trying to do aligns you with the consciousness of what God is. What is God? God's completely loving. God wants it to work out for everyone and everything in every situation, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So recognizing that is becoming a miracle worker, recognizing it and allowing your actions to fall into resonance with that is being a miracle worker. And certainly that that sometimes is easier said than done in terms right. of really for for people to grasp that concept of God is love and uh, God wants us to be happy Um, because so many of us were raised with other concepts and so many of us were raised with maybe a, uh, you know, the God of our childhood or the God of our early religious training was not always the, uh, the loving God. Right. And I think that there's, there is um, the reality that we we have to look at the moment in history that we find ourselves in, mm-hmm. where we are coming out of an era where we have been so deeply inculcated into very advanced mythological thoughts mm-hmm. and thought forms, mm-hmm. and and moving beyond them as we now have access to ancient texts from all over the world, not just our individual tribes anymore. We've been in a tribal state for so right. long. Right. And now we're able to study both hemispheres of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And we're able to start to see the universal parallels that transcend hemisphere, that transcend culture, that transcend individualized belief system, and move into what the theosophists call truth. There's no religion higher than truth. Right, right. You know, I was, um, I was so amazed. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, I interviewed on the show Dina Proctor. I don't know if you, you've ever heard of her. She wrote a book called Three by Three Meditation, Madly Chasing Peace. And um, um, she began her path at a, a very uh, low, dark time in her life. And a lot of her writing sounded uh, reminiscent of some of the themes from A Course in Miracles, from Law of Attraction, and so on. And when I inquired, she said she was unfamiliar with all uh, of those writings and all of that information as she was inspired to write. And she believes that, you know, the, the divine essence speaks to you no matter matter what. It doesn't matter what you call it or what you label it or what tribe you're from. Is that sort of the, the gist of uh, consistent with what you're saying? Um, I think so. I definitely think so. I was, um, I was raised a, a, to believe that God always spoke to all of his children, so to speak, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I really do believe that everyone has their own individual connection to their to the divine, and each culture does have their own cultural connection to the divine. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and I'm imagining that um, that some of what you're talking about now goes hand in hand with uh, your work with meditation. 
And oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think uh, we're getting ready to take another short break in a moment or so, and maybe we can talk about those those uh, concepts and how they're unified when we come back from our brief break. When we will again be visiting with my guest Ben Decker, we'll be right back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Are you happy in your life or are you just settling? It's time to speak out, take control of your existence, and let your life speak. Bart Queen is the host of A Hero's Journey. His personal goal is to help you find your voice, use that voice, and live the life that you deserve to live. Do more, be more, and give more. Tune into A Hero's Journey on the Voice America Empowerment Channel live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. You owe it to yourself to tune in and make your voice count. Are you happy with your financial life? Or are you like most people, underachieving with your income, working your tail off without the rewards you deserve? Are you going through a boom or bust cycle over and over again? Hitting an inner set point? Perhaps you are struggling with the same old issues over and over again. Are your finances a source of peace or stress? Is your money the root of your problems or the path to your freedom and empowerment? If you answered yes to stress and problems, then it's time to ask yourself one more question. What else is possible? Sign up for Dr. Linda Sanicola's six-week Tapping into Wealth Coaching program by visiting drsanicola.com. This program is designed to help you break through your unconscious wealth set points and experience the true freedom, creativity, enthusiasm, and rewards you were meant to have. Get started today at drsanicola.com. That's drsanicola.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. If you want more information about Dr. Sanicola or our program, please visit DrSanicola.com. Again, that's DrSanicola.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking today with my guest, Ben Decker, and we're talking about the spiritual practices of A Course in Miracles, as well as some of his other works. So, I think we were just getting ready to um, to sort of see how the practice of A Course in Miracles and meditation are kind of linked. Is that? Well, yeah. Uh, a Course in Miracles has a workbook for students which has 365 lessons in there. And these lessons can be, could be described as meditations. Mm-hmm. Um, because really all they are is asking you to take a moment and consider something. Mm-hmm. Consider a certain facet of, of what, the, what the principles of Course in Miracles teach. Um, so that, that, and we, you were actually just mentioning... Um, what Dina Proctor was that her name? Yes, uh huh, Dina. Mm-hmm. Her book, which was um, about her meditating for three minutes, three times a day. Right. That's as she as she began to start this practice. You know, of course, everyone said do twenty minutes a day, but she was not able to do twenty minutes a day. She could physically only tolerate three minutes. So that's what she did. But she did it three times a day every day. Yeah, I think the that. The power of that is in the consistency of it. Um, I think that different people are, gonna, are going to have different needs. Just like um, for me, 45 minutes in the morning, 45 minutes in the afternoon seems to work out for my schedule. For mm-hmm. you know, When I wake up, I wake up early enough to make sure I can fit that in my day. Mm-hmm. I schedule my afternoons in order to, to be able to create the conditions where I can make that happen. Um, for her, she wasn't able to do that. She was able to do three minutes, and, and I haven't always been doing that. Sometimes mm-hmm. I did it once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, there, was a, there was a period in my life when I, I really was like, you know what, if I just go to church on Sunday and I sing all the songs and say the prayers when they pray, then, and that's going to be the minimum that I do, then that's going to be the minimum that I do. Mm-hmm. I wasn't able to do something even on a daily basis. I didn't, I didn't even have the bandwidth to really be 
be in that in that space. Mm-hmm. I think the power is in a consistent spiritual practice of some kind. Right. Um, if it is sincere for you, like we were just saying, the little willingness. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I grew up um, Mormon, and in the in the Book of Mormon, it says. Um, something about approaching it with a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you just open your heart to the sincerity of whatever that practice is, and you're able to pull it into your life as a regular ritual, ritual um, comes from the same, the same um, root words as right, as in correct. Mm-hmm. So a ritual is something that you do correctly, something that you do regularly and correctly. So if you can ritualize something that you approach with sincerity, whatever that thing is, whether it is meditating three times a day for three minutes, um, doing a course in miracles every day, it's going to prove to be consistent, even if it's not even something spiritual. If you're exercising ritually, Mm -hmm. if you're exercising regularly, you're going to find results. It's just how it happens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. With everything, you know, whether it's parenting, with you know, with whatever your work is, it's that consistency. And again, what you, you mentioned in the very beginning, a certain intellectual rigor and discipline. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so if you could summarize the, the work that you do with A Course in Miracles, what, what do you think is the, is the take-home message maybe for people, again, who are not as familiar with that work? Well, I think that there are uh, there are... You know, it, it is, like you said, it is a, a pretty complex work, so, so there's quite a few take-home messages that you can get. Um, the, the primary um, message would, would have to be forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone is worthy of complete forgiveness at all times, including you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would probably be the primary take-home. But something... Something to really know about A Course in Miracles. We're talking about A Course in Miracles um, because, because Marianne Williamson you know, brought it to life the way that she did and, and, and brought all this energy around it. And you know, there's all these other people now talking about A Course in Miracles, Kyle, Kyle Gray and Mastin Kipp and Gabrielle Bernstein. There's all these different people rising up talking about it. But this is one of many, 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 many incredible books that are out there. This is just one door that is opened because Marianne decided to just slam it open mm-hmm. and share it with as many people as she possibly could. She found beauty and value in it mm-hmm. and she shared it and we would not be talking about it if it was not for her. Right, right. But it is just one of many very important, very special, very magical, very transcendental different ways to to experience self-transformation and spiritual enlightenment. So would you suggest that that if people are just getting started, would they start with one of her books perhaps, or should they start with the actual text, uh, A Course in Miracles? Well, I think that even Marianne would suggest pick up the actual text. I think um, her book, A Return to Love, is a really incredible uh, book because it actually shares – it has a, a little bit of a memoir quality to it where you kind of walk through um, Marianne's experience, mm-hmm. uh, which is very, very relatable. And I, I think that she's chosen such beautiful words and such beautiful um, stories to share that she really paints a picture that it, it, that is very easy to feel safe in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think A Return to Love is great, but I always recommend getting the actual book um, start with the lessons. As soon as you get it, even if you don't understand it, start with the lessons. Let the day you buy that book be day one on okay. the lessons. I, that's what I always recommend. Okay. And okay. let yourself study the rest of it. For, for me, the spiritual practice, that regularity of a daily lesson um, mm-hmm. is the most powerful part of it because it is easier, Marianne always says, says this, it's easier to act your way into a new way of thinking than mm-hmm. it is to think, think your way. Your way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's certainly true. That is certainly yeah. true. Okay, well, you know, maybe we can, um, we can switch gears here uh, for a moment, Ben. And can you tell us about some of the other projects you're involved in? Because I know there are many. 
Uh, yeah, the main project that I'm putting uh, most of my time and energy into right now is actually called the Providence Project, um, and this is an organization that you know, you know that I've you know I've been a part of building several different organizations, been very successful, helped quite a few people all over the world in all different areas. Um, had success in lobbying for law changes in California for animal rights and all kinds of different really really incredible successes. Um, I have. You know, like I mentioned earlier, I have um, had this spiritual practice and meditation and, and all of that in my background my entire life, but it has only recently begun to become a part of my public life, a, a part of my work. Mm-hmm. Um, and after uh, having so many incredible successes with different um, clients and different nonprofit organizations and seeing so much transformation occur all around me, um, and being very inspired by the work of Marianne Williamson and so many incredible people that I met through working with her, um, I actually have chosen to integrate all areas of my successes and of my passions into one project, which has come down to what we have called the Providence Project. Um, our flagship programs with the Providence Project are going to be accessing heavily accessing my um, relationships in entertainment and PR mm-hmm. um, to fund and promote cost-effective and reproducible models for meditation, secular evidence-based meditation programs in um, high-stress environments and high-impact environments. Mm-hmm. Um, so what that means is we are putting together meditation programs that are secular and scientifically proven and bringing them to our first program is for vic- for survivors of human trafficking. Okay. Is that in Los Angeles? In Los Angeles, yes. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so that would be an, one example of high stress. Another example of high stress or PTSD would be with veterans, um, police officers, prisoners, firefighters. Um, and then high impact police and and firefighters would also fall under high impact but we're also developing a corporate wellness program where we are going into executive offices and training executives of corporations in meditation mm-hmm. um what this does is across the board it takes people who have experienced extreme trauma and gives them the tools to self correct and self-heal out of those areas of post-traumatic stress and, and trauma. And then we're also empowering these people who are in a different kind of high-stress environment, these leaders of different companies and organizations. Their stress directly impacts the lives of many other people based on the decisions they choose to make, whether right. their businesses are run ethically, etc. Mm-hmm. I know um, a, a lot of times I, I work with, you know, people who might be in those positions and the first thing they need to do when they come into my office is just sit and breathe. Yeah. Sit and breathe and focus. You know, as exactly. and, and if they can do that also at work, that would be pretty powerful. Yeah, exactly. And then also... What we're doing is some, you know, it's, it's different with each, with, with each community that we're serving. Um, some communities, we are doing weekly meditation programs. Some we are doing monthly meditation programs. And others, we're actually doing multiple meditations every week. Mm-hmm. And um, you, you say we, you must have a, a, a staff a that, yeah. and you I train people. Yeah, I have a team of incredible meditation facilitators, organizers, program directors who are efficient. Um, all they all have great backgrounds in um, you know yoga for trauma, meditation for for trauma, um, other organizations uh, for like human human rights, even other ministries. Mm-hmm. Um, I basically have this team of complete angelic hot shots. <laughs> I have, like that, angelic hot shots. <laughs> who have wonderful hearts who are passionately exploring different ways that we can enhance social service programs and generally enhance the lives of people who are in these different environments. 
giving them giving them tools and opportunities to improve their environments because really you can only improve an environment if you really know that environment right right so teaching teaching skills to improve their own lives to tr- transform themselves um, is is the best way we can we can offer service to any environment I'm starting to do some work with a, an organization um, that uh, works with foster kids is that is that would that be a, a group that would be um, benefit from this kind of work? Absolutely, I would. I would completely say a thousand percent yes. I think um, the the amount of transition and jostling through environments and dynamics that foster kids have to have to go through. I think meditation would really give them tools to be to be able to gracefully or more gracefully manage all those different dynamic changes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would love to support that organization. So, oh, great! Yeah, um, I'd love to help in any way that I can. Okay, great. Um, in in a couple of weeks, I'll, I'll be interviewing the, one of the founders of that particular group, and so uh, I'll have a little bit more information. Her name is Tony Heinemann, and um, excellent. She's in Northern California, so um, we'll be able to to touch base maybe more uh, about that at that time. Yes, so, thank you, absolutely. Um, we're getting ready to take one more short break, and we will be right back with my guest, Ben Decker. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you happy with your financial life? Or are you like most people, underachieving with your income, working your tail off without the rewards you deserve? Are you going through a boom or bust cycle over and over again, hitting an inner set point? Perhaps you are struggling with the same old issues over and over again. Are your finances a source of peace or stress? Is your money the root of your problems or the path to your freedom and empowerment? If you answered yes to stress and problems, then it's time to ask yourself one more question. What else is possible? Sign up for Dr. Linda Sanicola's six-week Tapping into Wealth Coaching program by visiting drsanicola.com. This program is designed to help you break through your unconscious wealth set points and experience the true freedom, creativity, enthusiasm, and rewards you were meant to have. Get started today at drsanicola.com. That's drsanicola.com. Should there be more to your life? Do you need a change? Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young will provide empowering commentary each week to encourage you. She will interview successful personalities from movies, television, business, technology, health, and academia. All of them have amazing stories resulting in transformed lives. You will learn how to discover real happiness, financial success, and fulfillment to live your highest purpose. Join her on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You are tuned in to Be the Best You Can Be with Dr. Linda Sanicola. If you want more information about Dr. Sanicola or our program, please visit drsanicola.com. Again, that's drsanicola.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everybody. We are visiting today with my guest, Ben Decker. And uh, he's been sharing with us his many, many projects, such as the Providence Project and his work in A Course in Miracles and meditation. And um, I want to start by thanking you, Ben, for the knowledge, the information, the wisdom you've shared with us today, and really for making time for us. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for inviting me. My pleasure. Um, Now, if people want to find you, how can they reach you? Where Where do they find you? Well, I have um, a website for The Providence Project, which is theprovidenceproject.org, theprovidenceproject.org. Um, and I'm really active on Twitter. If anyone wants to randomly contact me, we, the team at The Providence Project is on the emails 
um, that come through the contact form on the website. But I respond to everyone on Twitter. I have a I have a mild addiction to Twitter, so I'm <laughs> always on there, always responding to anything and everything on there. Twitter.com slash Ben Decker. Ben Decker. Okay, great. Um, now, as we as we wind up our visit today, I guess um, one of the things that just strikes me so clearly, Ben, is that you have the heart and the spirit of a philanthropist, a true philanthropist. So where did that come from? You know, you know, I was raised, I was definitely raised in a family that fostered that. Um, my, my parents were very generous. Um, I remember constantly helping, helping our neighbors move, helping families from church move, visiting people when they were sick, and even building, we were building people's homes, too. I remember all kinds of, all kinds of, um, service that, that my family was um, actively engaged in. Um, but I, I also do remember when I was 13 years old and, and I was at the mall back when malls had bookstores in them, mm-hmm. and, and I bought, I, and I found A Course in Miracles. I, I had never heard of it. I didn't know any, anything about it. And now, now as I remember it, I, I remember that it was on a display table, and I'm almost positive that it was a big Marianne Williamson display. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh, but all yeah. of that, for some reason, for me, was in the background. And, and I got, you know, just the actual book, of course. Miracle. Which is quite remarkable at, for a 13-year-old boy. I mean, Oh, really. yeah. I was such a little weirdo. I, <laughs> I loved it. It was almost like a science fiction book for me. It, that's, mm-hmm. how, that's how much I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. I read it like it was a science fiction book where I, where I was trying to learn all the rules of this universe but it was this real universe that I was really living in. Um, so it helped me like understand those concepts the same way a kid immediately understands that vampires don't like holy water, they don't like crosses, <laughs> and they don't like sunlight. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, you know, and as soon as I got A Course in Miracles, I was, have always been very ambitious and rambunctious. I, I read the teacher's manual right away. <laughs> I, I read it sitting there in the mall at the food court eating a slice of pizza. I read the teacher's manual. And I remember at the end of the teacher's manual, there's, there's a prayer. And I'm not going to like read the whole thing or whatever, but there's a line in there that says, God turns to you for help to save the world. Mm. And uh, that was the, the first part of A Course in Miracles that I underlined. And I remember sitting there in the mall in Cincinnati, Ohio, and my jaw just dropped. And I was like, oh, crap. (laughs) (laughs) Me? He's turning to me. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, it really really did resonate for me. It felt very meaningful because it was was a declaration of something that I had experienced – um, from my family, you know, that I, that I had already experienced. It was a reinforcement of something that I already knew and already understood on some level. Um, and then just throughout the journey, it, it's, it's always come back to that, you know. Um, it's always come back to what really is God doing in this situation? What is the best possible outcome for, for the most possible people? How can we make this work for everyone in every situation? Mm-hmm. And, and saving the world one situation at a time, one dynamic at a time, being that vessel of peace in, in a disagreement, um, being the one who chooses to forgive in, in a relationship or in mm-hmm. a dynamic. Um, that is how we are saving the world, just moment by moment, accessing time to slowly, gradually, and surely save the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, when I had opportunities to support these different causes, these people who are building wells in third world nations, and these other people who are um, rescuing children out of sex slavery, and these other people who are um, saving endangered species, you know, uh, of course I was going to help in any possible way I could. And God actually provided me with resources and knowledge and relationships where I could actually make a difference in some of those situations. Mm-hmm. But, all it, but all it really took for me was the willingness to perceive those opportunities. Mm-hmm. It's that willingness again. Yeah. And, and really, I mean, 
you know, you're talking about some huge projects, some big, big projects, which sometimes can seem a little overwhelming to people, I think. But you're also talking about moment to moment individual experiences that we all have with one another. Yes. You know, opportunities for forgiveness, for peace. Yeah, exactly. It's organic and it's gradual. And um, the just like how you you don't completely transform your body in one exercise, you can't change the entire world in one in one action. But you can change your perception of it, and you can change who you are in that world. I am a benevolent, loving being in any situation. Even if I don't understand everything, what I do understand is that we are all equal, and that everyone deserves the best available. Mm-hmm. And, and really what you're saying is that if we bring our best to the situation, whatever it is, if yes. we bring our best to the situation, that's really for everyone's highest good. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. exactly. Yeah. Very, very powerful, very powerful information, Ben. Thank you again for sharing with us today. Thank you so much, Linda. I had a great time. Thank you. Um, And I invite all of you to listen in next week when um, I will be speaking with someone else who has a heart of service, I believe. Uh, My guest will be Amir Jackson, who is the founder of Nurture the Creative Mind Foundation in Utah. And today I leave you with the words of Martin Luther King, who said, everybody can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Thank you for listening. Be the best you can be with Dr. Linda Sanicola can be heard each Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope to have you join us again next week.